Blog Talk Radio. Good evening, everybody, and welcome to Talking Circles. I am Clayton Caldwell with Philip Two and Spencer We're weekend from Pocono Raceway, a doubleheader weekend for the Cup Series. We also ran the Truck Series and Xfinity Series races on Sunday. Series ran on on Saturday night and Sunday night. We'll discuss those races and, of course, all the action from Pocono Raceway. 917-889-8280. That is the number to call here tonight on Talking in Circles, and we'll get right down to breaking down the race. The first race on Saturday was the uh, Pocono Organics 325 from the Pocono Raceway. It was won by Kevin Harvick. Denny Hamlin finished second. Eric Amarola was third. Then Christopher Bell, Kyle Busch, Mark Trex Jr., Clint Boyer, Michael McDowell, Brad Kozlowski, and Chris Buescher were your top ten. Um, Spencer, I got a question. This will go to you. Um, what do you think about what you saw this weekend on Saturday specifically? Uh, a race that featured a lot of strategy. Um, I think a lot of people sort of were a little confused at times because this is the shortest race we've ever seen at Pocono. Uh, usually these races are, are – they've been 400 miles for the last decade. Before that, there were 500 miles. This race was 325 miles, um, so it was a little bit shorter. The stages were sort of situa- situated a little bit awkwardly, where the first stage wasn't nearly as long as the second stage, so a lot of people were confused on that. And uh, just a strategy, but you know, it came down ultimately with Kevin Harvick, who him and Rodney Childers seemed to execute their plan perfectly and got to victory lane. What did you think of Saturday's events from Pocono Raceway? Believe it or not um... – I actually enjoyed, uh, you know, the races. The strategy um, that these teams had make it really interesting. It's fun to watch. You know, you're going to sit there and you kind of figure out who's going to cycle back in the lead. Because those first cars that pit, you know, they're going to pit, you know, a good, uh, you know, handful of laps before the last cars pit. So then those cars pit and those guys who pitted first recycle back the lead. It's just kind of fun to watch and, you know, a lot of guys are, you know, low on fuel at the end of the race. Um, uh, I liked how tires really weren't a big deal, and not just on uh, Saturday. It was for both days. And um, I really like how tires uh, aren't really a factor. Um, yeah, I think it makes it for a little bit better racing. You know, you, you got a little bit more strategy um, because some guys, you know, you, you might only have to take two tires and not four. And, you know, it kind of mixes the playing field up a little bit. And, you know, you saw Blaney and I forget who it was. They were up front all, you know, a lot. And they didn't have to pit because the tires really didn't mean that much. And they were still able to stay off front. So um, it changes things up a little bit. Um, I thought the shorting, the short races makes it a lot more exciting. You got to go. Um, you, you know, there's not long races, so you really can't hold back. You really got to go. And, um so I really, enjoy, I really enjoyed, you know, not just Saturday, but both races. And, um, uh, you know, with the Pocono and NASCAR could be on to something with these doubleheaders. I, I, I enjoyed it a lot. So uh, great job for the doubleheader and the short races made it really fun. Yeah, Pocono Raceway. Um, if you missed the doubleheader this weekend from Pocono for Cup Series, Saturday, we're, we're reviewing Saturday's race. The Pocono Organics 325, Kevin Harvick went to victory lane. Um you know, uh, first time ever, Philip Matthew, that Kevin Harvick went to victory lane at Pocono Raceway. Uh, he's finished second a numerous times there. He's been close there a couple of times. But he's able to really, again, I think, execute on his plan with, with Rodney Childers. They always seem to be – Childers and Harvick are sort of your modern-day Chad and Jimmy. They always seem to be, like, 
you know, uh, a couple of, of steps ahead of, of the rest of the competition. And it certainly seemed to be uh, that was the case again there on Saturday at Pocono Raceway that Harvick and Childers were ahead of the competition. And um, I just think it proves that, um, you know, strategy is very, very important in, in this Cup Series racing. But um, what did you think of, of Saturday's race, Philip? I mean, certainly something different than what we've seen in the past. Uh, a lot of people were comp- comparing the weekend to Formula One. Uh, what did you think? Yeah, I mean, you have to go and consider the amount of effort that takes to get the car ready and run whatever, 600, nearly 700 miles across two days. And, uh, you know, Kevin Harvick and Rodney Childers have been close a bunch of times at Pocono and for them to finally come through and beat Hamlin, who's considered a master at Pocono, uh, is is something. And it and it continues to show the strength that the four team has shown post-COVID uh, return and where they stand in terms of trying to get that second championship, which they've been chasing since 2015 and have been close a few times at getting. It, it, the shorter races definitely, you know, people complain about Pocono for years. They'll so complain about the weather, complain about this, that, and the other thing. What Spencer was brought up earlier is exactly what happens in a 400 or a 500 mile race at Pocono. The strategies, going and pitting earlier, going and trying to re- like go and go in reverse, which is what old road course racing was in NASCAR pre, you know, the stupid stages, and so it was nice and it was, it was a, a welcome change and it was good to see, uh, you know, somebody who's one of the best ever finally get a victory at, at a track that he hadn't been able to win at before, but he'd been close many times. And, and, and I think it is something that can be utilized or in the future, hopefully uh, for other racetracks to um, be able to get more races in, in a shorter time frame. Yeah, you know, listen, I'm, I'm one of the old school guys. I, I'm going to be the first one to tell you I'm against shortening races, and, and I could do a whole show on it. But I, and to make a long story short, to me, when we start shortening races, you know, you can never go back. We're never going to lengthen them again. So I don't, just don't want to get them too short, and I feel like if, if the product was really, really, really good, we'd want more and more and more of it. We wouldn't want to shorten it. So, you know, college football is one of the longest things I've ever seen in my life. It takes like it feels like four days to complete a game and everybody continues to want more. Um, so uh, to me, if the product was better, I think we'd have, we'd want more of it, but that's getting off sidetracked here from Pocono raceway. When I look at uh, what, what I saw on Saturday and uh, some of this carried through Sunday, some of it didn't um, one driver, I think that really stood out as far as being very, very impressive was Eric. Uh, he was a guy who, I had put – I had done a, a little piece on crew chiefs this year. I would kind of put Mike Bogaravich on there and said, you know, if they don't start picking it up a little bit, you know, Bogaravich didn't have a great time with Stewart. He wasn't great with, with Boyer. And now, now they were sort of – you know, after Martinsville, they were uh, 14th in points, and it seemed like it was going downhill fast for that 10 car. But since then, he's rattled off four consecutive top five finishes, uh, including a third on Saturday at Pocono. Um, and they were really, really strong car led 61 laps. Uh, Eric Amarola, I think he needed to have a good day at Pocono really needed to have a good, and now he finds himself now ninth in points after Sunday. But, um, to me, he was the most, he was the guy who 
when I look at it, him and the guy who finished third and fourth, I should say, on Saturday, him and Christopher Bell, who finished fourth, guys who really needed to have solid days, who haven't had great seasons, really needed to have solid days to, to get their season on the right foot. Amarola's, you know, playing on making the playoffs. Bell's just trying to get into some consistency. Uh, and both of them had solid days um, on Saturday there, Spencer. What did you think of Amarola and uh, Christopher Bell? Yeah, I thought, you know, Bell ran a hell of a race both days. Um, you know, I know strategy probably helped him out a lot, um, you know, the first day with him finishing fourth. But, it's it, you know, that's all that matters is where you finish. You know, that's where your check comes from. So, I mean, a fourth-place run for that team, um, you know, they needed that. You know, they haven't been really running all that good, um, you know, you know, they were supposed to be getting more support from Toyota because Bell's over there. We're, we don't know how much support they got, um, whether it's a lot more. I'm sure it's more than what Matt was getting over there, but it doesn't look to be – it doesn't seem to be that they're getting a whole lot more help than they were last year with uh, Matt D over there. So, um, But, yeah, I, you can't take away his fourth-place finish. I mean, he did a tremendous job. And then day two he was running up there and then, um, you know, backed it into the wall and unfortunately ended another fast race car. And, you know, some tracks just really click for a team and um, a driver, you know, Eric Jones, I mean, he, you know, you see him, he's really good at this racetrack. So some drivers just, they have a natural act for a racetrack. And it seems that, you know, he's pretty good at this racetrack and, um, you know, I mean, ran well both, uh, you know, both days. So, and then Eric, you know, he really needed that. I didn't think Eric was too bad before the pandemic. Um, They showed speed, but ever since they've come back, um, they've just been kind of off and, you know, this Pocono, the Pocono days really, I think, uh, stepped their foot in the right direction, get, uh, getting some confidence, getting some momentum, um, collecting a lot of points, a couple stage points, um, really looked like a threat to win if, you know, things went their way, you know, and, you know, was right up there at the end yesterday. So two guys, two guys that really needed some good runs and move up a couple spots in the points. Yeah, I, I agree with that wholeheartedly. And, and, you know, something else that sticks out from Saturday's race when you look at the running order was just how good of a run Michael McDowell had. Now, McDowell had a tough day on Sunday, and we'll get to that in a little bit. But, um, you know, give a call to Drew Blickensturfer, a crew chief who's been in this sport a long, long time, uh, did a really, really good job. And maybe McDowell got up there because of, of strategy. I know he took, I think, just fuel in that final pit stop, and that got him up there. But, listen, a solid day. Take your eighth-place runs when you can get them if you're front-row motorsports, and that's the first time the team's ever had back-to-back top-ten finishes with John Hunter's Nemechek from the, uh, finish from the week before and uh, McDowell's finish on Saturday, so a nice job. But to me, Philip, the big alarming thing, the really thing that stood out from Saturday aside from the strategy was just the lack of speed from the Chevrolets, in particular Hendrick Motorsports. Um, I know Chase had a pit road penalty, and I, again, something else I could – veer off and do an entire show on for about a month about how, to me, how ridiculous some of these pit road penalties are. And I think Chase Elliott's was, was just another one, another example of that on Saturday, but um, the Chevrolet teams and particularly Hendrick Motorsports were not good on Saturday at all. Uh, Let me read you off where Hendrick Motorsports finished 27th, uh, 25th, 21st, and uh, 14th. The highest finish on Saturday, Matt Kenseth. They just seemed, and I know race, but even with, with strategy, they just seem to lack the speed that the Toyotas and had there. And to me, that was the biggest, um, the biggest thing that's Saturday. Yeah, when, when you consider that 
Chevy has made a lot of progress this year, and especially on the cookie-cutter tracks and even in the 750 package, for them to be as far off as they were this whole entire weekend was a step uh, backwards. Uh, but who knows? Maybe they do some some adjustments or whatever, and they come better at Indianapolis. Uh, maybe they learn from this weekend and are able to make a couple adjustments. If not, then Indianapolis is going to be similar. Uh, I think Kurt Busch was up there. He, he, he we'll talk about the second race, but he he was up there early, but they couldn't make any moves. I, I think that's a combination of the rules package and then other things, a strategy. Uh, Hendrick being off is more akin to what we were seeing for the last few years. Uh, them not showing up at Pocono at the end, it's not something that counts towards the playoff. They're not going to be racing at Pocono or Indianapolis. Uh, some of the other flatter racetracks they won't be racing at, bigger flatter racetracks. So, uh, you know, I, I, I think it's a, a temporary setback. It's kind of like what Toyota had earlier in the year where none of their cars were up front, I think at one of the West coast races, and then they came back just fine. And it's like how Toyota has had some off weeks and this week they're at one of their best racetracks and all of them showed up at some point during the race. Uh, so, I mean, I wouldn't sound an alarm in terms of Chevrolet, you know, is this huge, you know, problem. I, I think some racetracks for the car, it doesn't fit anymore, you know, like even it doesn't matter who the team is, they can't make the package work. But I, I'm more curious to see what they'll do at Indianapolis, which is a considered a major uh, and what they'll do there at the Brickyard 400. Yeah. And that's the thing that, that alarms you for the Brickyard 400. You sort of alluded to it and what you had to say, you know, we, for years used to hear people say, you know, you take what you run at Pocono and put it into Indianapolis. You take what you learn from Pocono and put it in the, into Indianapolis because they're very similar racetracks, big, wide, uh, flat racetracks that, that feature a lot of horsepower. And, you know, you really only pass um, in the corners. And so, you know, that what, what usually happened at Pocono happened at Indianapolis. I remember in 2002, Bill Elliott won Pocono and then the next week won Indianapolis, uh, dominated both – well, dominated Indianapolis at least. But um, – you know, and, and it's we saw that a lot. A lot of people sort of took what they learned from Indy or Pocono vice versa and put that in there. So I'll be curious to see if Hendrick and the Chevrolet teams pick it up a little bit going into this weekend. But you know, Sunday's race was very interesting as well. And what what struck me as most curious is that the guys who finished one two on Saturday finished one two on Sunday, but in a different order. Uh this week on Sunday I should say it was uh, Denny Hamlin in victory lane and, and Kevin Harvick in second as a bridesmaid uh, and Eric Jones, Chase Elliott, and Eric Amarola fifth. Um, but, you know, to me, Philip, and I'll start with you since I started with Spencer last time, um, this is just a combination, these two teams, the four and the 11, and, and maybe there's, you know, the nines up there who a lot of people could think consider, but to me, the nines got to start closing races better. They can't have these races where, um, what they saw on Saturday and Sunday where they just don't compete for wins. If To me, if you want me to put you in a, in a championship conversation, you everywhere and you show speed everywhere you are. And right now we haven't you – know, unfortunately, that wasn't the case with the nine team. And they only got one this year. But to me and, – and this was sort of a long um, you know, statement to, to get into this. The two teams that are, are, the, are the championship favorite right now 
in the Cup Series are that 11 car and that 14. And they showed their their how their strengths and how good they could be at Pocono with both finishing one two on both days and Denny Hamlin winning on Sunday. To, uh, you know, Hamlin's 41st career. Win. What do you think of Sunday's uh, events, Philip? You know. Yeah, I mean, when you consider the issues that they had getting the race started and then having to uh, basically race darkness, uh, I, I thought the race came off to be uh, very interesting as well. And it had its share of uh, strategy in both races did. And that's what I, I mean, I, I think honestly for us, being you and I, Clayton, in terms of being in this area in Pocono, um, you know, we've always watched 504, now more recently, 400-mile races. Uh, if they were to go and put this kind of race, you know, a little shorter action with an, an Xfinity or a truck race, which is what ended up being the case, I think that's one of the best deals in all of motorsports. And honestly, the cup race, you just reversed course, um, obviously, with Harvick and Hamlin. Uh, you had Eric Almarola who dominated on on Saturday, had a quiet, more more of a quiet race, but still got another top five. Eric Jones, who's always been solid at Pocono, wrecked early on Saturday, came from tailback and got a top five. I mean, it's there's there's things to there. I think there was trends that followed both days, and uh, I mean, but I mean, when it comes to Denny Hamlin. Uh, who's leading the league in 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 point in wins and uh, in terms of playoff points, of course. And then Kevin Harvick, who's by far leading the points. He's got a huge lead. Uh, it's going to be at least early on when this playoff starts. It's going to be between one of those two guys. But you will will definitely see some of the usual suspects come along as, uh, you know, the playoffs start really uh, ramping up. Yeah, and, you know, we still have a long way to go to get to the playoffs for sure. And somebody can certainly put their name in the hat. And one of the guys we've seen in recent years, Spencer, put their name in the hat and really always be a championship contender is Kyle Busch. And uh, this year it just seems like, you know, to me when Kyle got Adam Stevens, which was the 2015 season, the year he got hurt, that was when he got Adam Stevens. Kyle's been a different race car driver. They they have won at least four races every single year since he got Adam Stevens. He's been tremendous um, together. And I'm not trying to say Kyle's been bad because I think it's it's sort of you know ridiculous to say that, but they just seem to be a little bit off from where they normally are. And they're usually in this championship conversation. They usually have a couple of wins by now. They don't. Um, and you know. I understand they had a little bit of an issue with Ryan Blaney on Saturday. I personally think Kyle kind of got stuck behind a lap car and Blaney thought he was going to accelerate when he didn't. And uh, it was just sort of a racing deal. I don't think Blaney meant to wreck him, but still, you know, Kyle had a decent day, a fifth run. It's a good job uh, at Pocono, but we haven't really seen that 18 team dominate races like we normally see him. Are you concerned at all about this? I mean, it's the defending champion. Or do you, you know, people point at it, Kyle to this is the fact that he hasn't had practice to get his car exactly where they wanted it to. Are you concerned about this 18 team? Um, 
and and they're really they're 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 to, to defend their title. Um, think this is something that is concerning, or think this is sort of a blip in a radar and Cobb and this eighteen team is going to figure it out. What are your thoughts? Um, I don't want to be harsh. I mean, I definitely know that you you know the teams would like to have practice. I mean. You know, you these boys, they build these cars at the race shop, and it doesn't quite mean it's going to be what the driver wants. Um, so I understand you want practice to figure out the race car. Um, but I'm going to sit here and say enough with the excuses. Um, Toyota was kind of weak in the beginning of the year. But look at Truex. He's, he's running better. He has a win. Look at Hamlin. I mean, Hamlin is – you know, our, you know, he's having a season like he did last year. Two of your teammates um, are up front every weekend winning races, and you're not. They're not getting practice either. So you can't sit there and say, and they're in the same equipment you are. I mean, Kyle Busch is the top guy at Joe Gibbs Racing, and I can tell you right now, he's not getting the lesser equipment at Joe Gibbs Racing. Um so I don't want to sit there and say – I don't want them – I'm tired of hearing them say, oh, we need practice, we need practice. Well, your teammates are winning, and they're not getting practice either, Kyle. So um, – and I'm not taking away from the guy's driving style at all. I mean, obviously, he's arguably one of the best in sports ever seen in the modern era. Um, I don't – you know, I, I mean, I agree with you. He's a, You know, he's a different driver since he's gotten Adam Stevens. I think it was last year, you know, the second half of the season, they kind of fell off too. People wrote him off. They're not the championship favorite, and they came back and won. But they're going to have to figure it out because, you know, the the, the virus thing's kind of picking back up, um, you know, at least in Florida anyway. I'm not going to speak for every state. So, I mean, the NASCAR awards just got canceled. So it, they might not have practice the whole rest of the year. So you can't sit there at the end of the year and go, oh, we didn't win championship. We didn't win races because of practice because their teammates are. So you're going to have to figure something out you're going to have to sit here and say, hey, we have to get these cars right at the race shop. We've got to go back and look at our notebook and get stuff figured out because we're not going to have practice. And if you're not going to have practice, you're going to have to change, uh, change your game plan, uh, switch, you know, switch your stuff up a little bit and figure it out and start winning races because, you, like you said, the four is a championship contender, the 11, but I agree he has to pick up a little bit, start winning a little bit more races, trickling them in here and there and be contending with the 11 and the four, but the 18 team definitely has to find something fast with his teammates winning. Yeah. It's, it's really head scratching. And you brought up a good point about last year. They won one race in the last uh, 20 something races last year. So it's been about 36 races and Kyle's got one win. Um, and you know, that was Homestead when he won the championship. It's certainly been something that can go on and who knows, it's just something that when you look at it from, from, Standpoint, he's a funk. You know, he just can't get the victory lane. But to me, it's more this year, not leading last like he hasn't. Just curious to see team could just replicate, um, to rectify this problem, see if they could uh, be a little better. What about Stenhouse Jr.? Stenhouse gets standings and close to that playoff push. Do you think? Uh, Phil, I'll start with you. Uh, maybe you play up here. I know it's the way to go. He's got a couple guys to pass. But 
What do you think about Ricky Stenhouse? We think about Ricky Stenhouse and how he's in their, their how they're, they're named a Mr. Excitement and all that stuff. I I look at him and what he used to do in the X when he was in the Xfinity series and he was winning a ton of races. And yeah, he was aggressive, but he was able to manage that and make good runs happen. He's been able to kind of you know, start and start to manage his aggressiveness. If there's, I mean, I, I think he's bringing it. He's trying to bring it back in and control it so that he can actually get some finishes. The JTG Doherty team is not that great, uh, you know, this year. Uh, the 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 37 has definitely taken a step backwards. The 47 is generally around where the the 37 was with Chris Busher, and then Chris Busher and him they swapped rides. Basically, right now it's a wash because Roush has also taken a step backward this year. So mm-hmm. I think Stenhouse in his He's going to have to win, I would think, win the Coke Zero 400, which is a cutoff. You know, Indianapolis is always a kind of a wild card if Kyle Busch isn't having a great run, which he hasn't had a great run this season. He could go and fix all of that on Sunday at one of his best racetracks. Uh, but even if he doesn't win there, like that's a that's a wild card kind of race. Uh, I mean, outside of that, it's hard for me to – Stenhouse is going to point in because Eric Jones, I mean, right now Eric Jones has a 30 point lead on him. So it's not out of the realm of possibility for him to point his way in, but he's not known for points racing. Uh, So Mm -hmm. uh, it would be, I would say somebody in front of him, whether it's more likely Reddick would be able to point race, but I think the funny part is Reddick is also very aggressive. So it, it's it's not out of the realm. I think Daytona, he was the pulpiter of the 500. He had a great race car that day. He had a great race car at Talladega and almost won there. So I think JTG Doherty is probably putting a lot of eggs into Daytona to go for a Hail Mary and uh, make a playoff push because, uh, but I also think Stenhouse has shown some maturity that you wouldn't have seen last year because he was overdriving his equipment. I think even though his equipment may not be that great, he's kind of staying within himself and getting the most out of it and getting points, which when you're back that far, that's really what you're trying to do. Yeah. And something he can do, um, in the in the playoff in in these races coming up and and something he's done this year, you know when he gets a really good race car he gains a lot of points stage points he's up there all day fighting hard for for stage points you know fourth at at Charlotte uh, in, in I believe that was a 600 race he finished fourth third at Vegas we saw him second at Talladega got a lot of stage points there so that's gonna be interesting to see if they can capitalize on if they had a really good race car if they can capitalize on the stage points because stage points now have become so important um, when you look at how many points can be gained during a race through stage points and, and everything like that. That's really where it's going to um, matter. And, you know, that's such a different mindset because we're used to be – we're so used to, to teams, you know, finishing races. It used to be such an important thing. And it's still very, very important to finish races. But, you know, there was forever – you know, we'd see a guy who could run in the top five 
for two-thirds of the race and get no, get nothing for it and blow a motor or a wreck and get nothing for it and say, oh, man, that's a shame. He was having a really good run. Now you get some points for it. You know, if you run in the, in the top five, you know, you get 10 points. If you finish fifth in both stages, you get what, 10 or 11 points, 12 points. And you sit there and you go, well, you know, yeah, we, we finished 14th. Our car went away at the end, but at least we got those stage points, and it, it, we earned, we got something for having a really, really good race car early on in the event. Um, and that's something different than, than what we're used to uh, in NASCAR forever. So these stage points have really changed the game a lot. And I believe that, um, you know, that 47 team is going to be very interesting. I, I just think they're going to be an interesting team to watch. They're sort of on that fence right now where these next couple of races are really going to determine whether or not they can point their way in or not. Um, and if they can, they got to really run, finish in the top 15 these next couple of races. If they can't, you know, then they're going to have to, like, like Philip said, you know, bank on, um, on, on Daytona pretty much. And that's really their only way, way to do that. But yeah, I'm going to be keeping an eye on them. You know, you look at the points and right now, um, it's, it's sort of, you know, Busher's still hanging around and Bubba's hanging around, but you know, I think those two, two, two guys in, in, those two guys in particular, um, are getting too far back to where they're going to point their way in. Um, I, I don't think Front Row is going to do that. They're going to have to win at Daytona. Uh, and then Newman, of course, he missed all those races. He's going to have to win at Daytona. Bell, I think, is too, too many points out right now. Um, you know, and Priest and Todd Dillon, of course, all those guys, Matt Kenseth, they're all going to have to, to figure out a way to win a race. Um, but I think, you know, everybody from about 20th up or 19th up, you know, Stenhouse, Reddick, Austin Dillon, Eric Jones, William Byron, and Matthew Benedetto, they're, they're sort of in that range of whether or not they're going to make the playoffs or not. And, of course, again, we can have a surprise winner, and that can change everything. But as far as points are concerned, it's going to be very interesting. These next couple of races are really going to give us an idea of who's going to make the playoffs and who's not. Um, so keep an eye out for that in the Cup Series here moving forward. Um, we also saw a NASCAR Xfinity Series race. Of course, that was a run on Sunday, um, the NASCAR Xfinity Series event. It was run before the Cup Series race on Sunday and after the truck series race on Sunday. So a three race Sunday from Pocono raceway. This was the Pocono green two twenty five. chase Briscoe went to victory lane and Spencer. I got to say, you know, you remember, and I, I'm sure Philip remembers in the beginning of this year, I think we all kind of sat there, at least I did and thought this was going to be Ross Chastain's championship to lose. And I'll tell you what, you know, I knew Briscoe had a really good year last year, but talking about shutting a guy up, I mean, he has to, he has gone from the beginning of the year to now. He has gone from a guy who I thought needed a little bit more polish to get in the Cup Series and maybe needed a year to, to prove himself to, okay, this kid's ready for a Cup ride. I, I, th- I don't think there was a more impressive win for me all year than what we saw from Chase Briscoe. He's never really run Pocono before. He ran last year, but he doesn't have a ton of laps here, especially without the practice. Um, they don't, you know, Sure, trucks have been there, but it's not like you run there a lot. And you could use all the practice practice laps. You just, Chastain's got a lot of laps here. Um, Justin Allgaier's got a, lap, a lot of laps here. You know, Michael Nett through his cup adventures and, and, and trucks, he's got a lot of laps here. But Moffitt's got a few laps here. You know, a lot of guys, Jeremy Clements, because he's been in the series so long, a lot of guys have a lot of laps of Pocono that he went out and beat. And to me, Briscoe was so, so so good on Saturday, even after his spin, he was incredible. And this is a guy who has really gone from, to me, sort of a guy I looked at and said, oh, he has a shot at winning this championship at the beginning of the year to the out-and-out favorite to win this championship 
What were your thoughts on Chase Briscoe's run on, on Sunday there, Spencer? It was great. No, I'm just kidding. It, uh, he had a he had a hell of a run. I mean, um, you know he's he's a I don't know what you know what he's done different between last year and this year. I think he's just more experienced, obviously. Um, but he his first off is the Storehouse cars. His car has been phenomenal all year, and he's he's just he's really smooth. You know what he done at Darlington to beat Kyle Busch. Um, you know, he could have changed his driving style a little bit. I don't really follow Chase Briscoe. I like him. I think he's a hell of a driver. He's a guy that I don't mind if he wins. Um, you know, maybe he's a little bit more aggressive, you know, not really, um, you know, if there's an opportunity, he's going to take it, you know, and speaking yesterday was a good run. Ross was a little weak in the tunnel turn and, you know, Chase Briscoe put it to the floor and tapped Ross a little bit and, you know, that was his opportunity to get him. You know, that was his weak – that was Ross's weak spot, and you have to pounce on those. And, um, you know, his goal, I think, is to win eight races this year. And, um, you know, he's halfway there, and there's still a lot of racing to left. And I honestly think he can get to it. Um, Storhaus gives us a lot of fast forwards week in and week out. Um, you know, you know, if you would have said coming into this year, like uh, you said, I wouldn't – you know, I, if I would have picked my final four, I, I don't think I'd have him in there. Um, he would be just right there, but I don't think I would put him on that four, uh, you know, four driver list for the championship, but now you can, um, he's definitely, you know, last year he had the big three. I think he's one of those. Um, he's definitely the guy to beat right now, uh, when the green flag drops and, you know, I think the 98, uh, high point car, um, that he runs is speedy fast. And I think it's going to continue to be speedy fast. Um, you know, good race yesterday. Obviously I wish it was the 10 car in victory lane, but, um, I can definitely take positives from it. You know, he's running a lot better, and I just want to see it win so bad. But I, I'm sure it's coming, and, um, you know, with Ross running a little bit better, I think, you know, there's a lot of guys that have really been running well, but those two I think you're going to have to um, really watch out into the playoffs. But, and, you know, Stendrick, so there's a few guys that are heavy hitters right now in the Xfinity Series, but Briscoe is definitely the guy you think of when you say Xfinity Series. So um, great job for him, you know unfortunate news that he had about a month ago so he has a lot to race for and he's racing for his family his team his career um and so he did a good job and and capitalized and got the check flag yeah he really did and and you know even when i think back to what happened at homestead with the doubleheader weekend there and if you remember his crew chief got suspended richard boswell um got suspended because of 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 uh, ballast falling out of that car and you know if you remember he was two or three four laps down maybe um in the beginning of that race at Homestead, battled all the way back to finish seventh. That was impressive. One Homestead, Talladega, anything can happen, but he was up in the front before an accident happened, finished 18th. He's finished outside. He hasn't finished outside the top 20 all season long. It just shows you how consistent that 98 team has been. And I know Zipadelli's there, and Zipadelli's got a really good track record of being a tremendous crew chief. We all know what he did with Tony Stewart in the Cup Series, but still, you know, he's doing it out as crew chief. Um, but He's just taking taking this. He's in, in another level right now, and, and there's no question he's got great equipment. I'm sure Ford's poured a lot into that team, but they're also pouring a lot into that 22 car as well. And he hasn't won four races this year. So to me, Briscoe has just been a guy. He's been so fast. That's the thing. It's he's got not only is there four wins. It's not like he's lucked into a couple and and um, you know he's got four wins. But yeah, two of them were fuel mileage, etc. You know, one, he had a really good strategy, and, and the other one, he, he won outright. 
he's just been so fast, especially in a mile and a half tracks this year. Um, and he's just been so impressive. I can't even can't even begin to tell you. And uh, what did you think? I know Philip, you're an SHR guy. Uh, SHR guy. What did you think of of Briscoe's run there on Saturday on Sunday? Excuse me. So you saying Saturday was Xfinity Series on Sunday? What did you think of the run uh, at Pocono that he had? Well, I was, you know, the at, at one moment I'm sitting there thinking after all the demolition happened that oh he's he's got this and then the bad year tire failed and then I'm like, oh crap. And I got pissed and I walked away. And then next thing you know, I, I went off to do a couple of things. The next thing you know, he's in fourth. And then he's battling Ross for, for the lead again. And I'm like, oh, this is crazy. Oh, now I have to watch again. And so you had all the emotions going on in about a five or 10 lap span there. I mean, it's just something, I mean, for me, uh, as uh, someone who's who's followed Ross, or, I mean, or Chase, back in his ARCA days and a little bit with USAC, but the connections, the parallels to Tony, and Tony got to go and watch it at home and and uh, you know he his his race was rained out, so he got to sit and watch at home while. His his good buddy uh, Zippy was on the pit box going and helping with the strategy. Uh, I, I mean, it really at the end of the day, it didn't have anything to do with strategy. There, it was just Chase went, and I think the two the two most aggressive drivers, the two best drivers in this series right now, um, in Chase and Ross, got to race each other, and that was a good that was just a good good old fashioned race there. Uh, and for me as a fan uh, of Chase and been been a fan for a while, um, him being able to finally, you know, take off and show the kind of talent that he showed a couple of years ago in an ARCA car, uh, you know, a few years ago in an ARCA car for Cunningham Motorsports, it, it, it tells you a lot. And it, and it kind of puts the onus on Tony Stewart to, to really start making decisions and say to himself, do you really want to put Chase Briscoe in the 32 car? Do you really want to put him in a smaller team? Or are you going to put him in a position so he can start winning your championships? Because the fact is Kevin Harvick's not going to be around forever. I know he's sticking around because he needs to go and fund Keelan's racing career and Piper because she's probably going to get in trouble because of her mouth. But the fact is, Chase Briscoe's your future. You need to go and invest in your future. Uh, I mean, Chastain had a great run, and he's going to win. Uh, he's going to win a few races here, I think, coming up. May not be this weekend at Indy, but after that, some of these cookie-cutter tracks, I think Chastain comes good, gets uh, comfortable, and then I think it might become a big four with uh, Briscoe leading it, but I think you'd add Chastain there with Gregson and uh, Harrison, uh, which have won multiple races earlier in the season. Yeah, that's the other guy I think when you look at, too, along with Ross and Briscoe, is is we forget how good Gregson's been this year as well. He's had a lot of speed in that car, and he had an opportunity to win both races at Homestead a couple of weeks back, but 
you know, unfortunately just didn't get it. He was beating everybody's brains in on Saturday, had a late caution, uh, and wasn't able to win on uh, after a late race restart. And then on Saturday, on Sunday, had other issues as well. But he was very, very fast in that race too. So Gregson's the other guy, I think, when you look at uh, sort of the big three this year, Briscoe, Gregson, and then I think Chastain sort of putting himself into that. But as you look at the run on Saturday, you go through the top ten. It was sort of an unorthodox top ten. There was a lot of accidents, and we'll get to those in a second. Just want to read you the top ten here and give some guys a, a good shout-out. Uh, as we said, Briscoe was your winner. Chastain was second. Jeremy Clements, what a great run for him uh, in that team. He's been a veteran and, and, you know, been beating that horse for a long time, been beating, you know, uh, that owner-driver type type situation for a long, long time. Great finish, great run for him. Deserves a lot of credit there for his third-place run. Mike Snyder was fourth. He had a little bit of controversy. We'll discuss that. Fifth was Michael Annette. Justin Allgaier, sixth. Brett Moffitt, good run for seventh. Another guy who really has had a good year this year has been solid, and pretty much everything he's run. Timmy Hill in eighth, a good job by him. Then Riley Herbst, ninth, and Jesse Little, tenth. Little, like I said, unorthodox uh, top ten there. Jesse Little's first top ten. Uh, Hill, you don't see up there every day. Clements. Um, one guy that really stood out was Snyder, too. My Snyder in a Richard Childress car, and I mentioned the controversy. You know, we all remember going back to Vegas. He got into a little bit of an accident with Noah Gregson, and on lap 54 of this race, um, Snyder and Gregson got together. You could speculate. Snyder said, you know, he, he uh, kind of misjudged it, I guess, a little bit. Um, you can speculate all you want about whether or not it was intentional or not, but what happened, the end result was Gregson ended up in a wall. Allgaier got a piece of it. So did Daniel Hemrick. Um, you know, uh, other guys got a piece of it. Austin Sindrick was in it. And um, uh, Ryan Sieg was in it as well. So a lot of, of, of big-time guys, a lot of big-time drivers taken out in that wreck. Uh, that was something that was very interesting to watch. And, and the other thing I want to touch, touch on is, you know, and this was sort of a shame on NASCAR. And I, 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 listen, I hope this was not the case. And, you know, if you missed it, uh, Brandon Brown blew an, oil, blew an oil tank on lap seven. And apparently there was oil in turn one. And uh, a lot of guys had slipped in it, and Harrison Burton apparently slipped in oil on lap 14, wrecked, took out his day. And I hope it wasn't the fact that they knew they had three races and there was potential rain in the forecast, and that's not why they they, didn't, they decided not to throw the caution when that oil was out on that racetrack. I'm hoping that was not the case, and they just were, um, you know, just didn't see it. I'm hoping it wasn't that we have to hurry up and get this race completed because Harrison Burton's race was taken from him pretty much, and uh, that to me was insane. But uh, a, a lot of big-time guys taken out in this, Spencer, and it really created an unorthodox top ten. Um, what were your thoughts overall on the Xfinity race before we move on to the truck series? Yeah, I mean, big guys getting taken out. I mean, uh, you know, you had the truck winner. You went from winning a race to wrecking on lap one, and then you mentioned Burton getting taken out and hitting the wall, or not taken out, but spun. Um but as soon as that happened, I was like, those were cars that were threats to win. And now they're taken out. And it kind of gives, you know, people up, you know, the smaller guys opportunities to kind of get finishes that they don't normally have. Um, I mean, those guys were probably one of the guys who wrecked, you know, the fast cars, um, you know, the Gibbs cars and, um, you know, the Cendric too. I looked and, you know, I said those those were the winners that just wrecked because they were fast. They've been fast every week. And, um, 
I kind of liked it because it gave Ross a better chance and it, it gave her, and I'm kind of glad it turned out that way because it, we had a hell of a finish, um, the 98 and the 10 battling. Um, but you know, I don't, you guys probably know already. I'm a big fan of when small teams finish up front and, you know, um, Clayton, we just met Jeremy this year. He's a humble, he's nice. He's, um, he's one of the guys in the garage at, you know, works hard at what he does, um, goes to the racetrack every week and grinds and tries to get the best finish he can. And those are the guys you like seeing do well. And, um, you know, Brett Moffitt with another good finish. Timmy Hill, you mentioned. So there's guys that were able to get into the top ten because of that. You know, you have those four or five guys that wrecked, um, not wrecked, you know, those guys are going to be down four or five spot, looking about 15th, 20th, you know, if you're in the bottom end of the top ten. So, um, that really helped their days out, and I kind of like seeing the small guy. I do like seeing the small guys finish up inside the top ten, and hell, sometimes top five, depending on the track. So, um, I really enjoyed um, the race. I enjoyed the weekend, honestly. I thought it was fun, um, but the Xfinity race was pretty exciting. Yeah, it was. It was a great finish. There's no question, and there was a lot of, of interest because, again, it was a race where a lot of big con drivers had some had some issues. So it certainly changed, spiced things up. And, and when you look at the points, you know, I try not to pay too much attention to the points right now, especially the guys up front, because everything's going to change when the playoffs come. But getting to this field is really the interest part of it. And something I want to discuss as we look at the back end of the field here quick is right now Herbst, Riley Herbst is 11th and Maya Snutter is 12th. Um, those are the two guys holding on to the final two spots right now into in the playoffs for the Xfinity Series. After that, you got Daniel Hemrick. He can't make the playoffs because he hasn't run every race. He doesn't have a waiver, so he's out. Then you have Brandon Brown, Alex LeBay, and Josh Williams. Um, but Brandon Brown is only, you know, four points back of Myatt Snyder, and Myatt Snyder's sort of been in the news here today and what he's done now. He's running a, a partial schedule for the 21 with Richard Childress Racing, but he's filling, filling out the rest of the schedule with the 93 car, which was essentially RSS Racing. It is now going to be run by Ream Brothers Racing, which is, runs a truck series team, in the truck series. So I'm very curious to see how that's going to affect what happens to that 93 team. Um, RSS basically came out and said, we want to allocate all our resources to the 39 of Ryan Seagus. It's 10th in points. I will say, see, as well as he's gotten off to a solid start, he could be one of those guys who could be, um, you know, not benefiting from having practice, from not having practice. You know, I, I feel like he, he really got off this year. Everything looked great before the pandemic he was fast as could be you know he started the year his first five races of this year was seventh in points the ninth third fourth eleventh and seventh um since then it hasn't been great and he hasn't had a top 10 finish since darlington um and it's just all of a sudden he's starting to lose points he's not really running as fast as he was and it's curious the fact that they've decided to do this i just don't think we've seen the speed of this 3019 that we have in the past. So it's going to affect a lot of things. I'm curious to see how this 39, maybe in a couple of weeks here, maybe their performance will pick up a little bit. I'm curious to see how that they also shut down a 38 for the rest of the year. 38 is a basically starting part. team, makes some extra money, but they have a sponsor this year. CMR, CMR roofing um, is a full-time sponsor for that 39. This is sort of their make or break year to me. So I feel like this 39 team has to really do uh, a, a lot of, a lot of, make a big statement this year. And if they don't do that, um, this could be not the, be not the end, but 
it could be a, a thing where they look at it and say, well, that was the best we were going to get. We threw everything at it, and we tried. But Cowboy Stallings a great crew chief there. He's a veteran. He's been around a long, long time. He was in a truck series forever with Rick Crawford. He's been around a long time. He's a great crew chief. Ryan Sidney is a very, very good driver. I think the only thing holding his team back is the, are the resources from this team. So we're going to see. It's very curious. I'm going to see how that 93 team is. I wonder if Myatt knew at all this was potentially in the works or he's sort of stuck there. He's still running every race. He's still going to learn, so I'm sure he's not complaining about it. But just something to keep an eye on. I only mention it because it's something to keep an eye on in this Xfinity series as the season rolls along and as we get closer and closer to the playoffs. Uh, some of these playoff drivers have now been impacted by what's happening um, with RSS Racing and the 93 team over there at uh, RSS Racing and now Ream Brothers Racing for um, the NASCAR Xfinity Series. Truck Series ran as well on Sunday. Uh, triple header weekend, as I mentioned. It was the Truck Series first. They started at 9.30 they were sp- on Sunday. They were supposed to run Saturday. got rained out, pushed back to Sunday. But it ended up with Brandon Jones in victory lane. Then it was Austin Hill in second, Sheldon Creed third, Todd Gilland fourth, Ben Rhodes in fifth. A race that really saw a lot of attrition, a lot of wrecks early. Uh, Matt Crafton didn't even make a lap. He got into it with Cody Roball. Um, and then it was uh, Rafael Lasarda and Austin Wayne Self got into it. Um, and, and then it was uh, Ty Majeski and uh, Glenn Enfinger had an, had an issue. And that was all before stage one. You know, I think stage one had about – four or five green flag laps and uh and had three major accidents so it was a early morning start it was a race that saw a lot of attrition throughout the event um but what did you think of the truck series race i mean brandon jones it was shocking to me it was his first truck series win with this first truck series race there i'll, I'll start with you fill up and then we'll go to spencer brandon jones was your winner uh austin hill second sheldon creed third but I'll say Sheldon Creed, to me, had the move of the race when he made it pretty wide there at the end with about two to go. And it looked like he might have pulled it off, but Jones was just too strong there at the end. But what did you think of the Truck Series race in general, Philip, uh, at Pocono Raceway on Sunday? You, know, the, you, you didn't have to worry about entertainment during the Truck Series race or the Xfinity race, but <clears throat> the the triple header deal started with the, the Truck Series on Sunday morning for breakfast. and Good God, there was there was nonsense and and hilarity and every and malarkey and all kinds of argy bargy whatever you want to come up with. It was something. It was a cluster. Uh, the 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 sixty lap race and I think thirty laps of it was more than more than half the race was under yellow or basically half the race was under yellow. Uh, Brockshot Jones winning the race. I mean, Sheldon Creed should have, but you know, he he made the move of the of the of the day, and he had the best. I think he had the best truck. You know, lost track position due to whatever stops and uh, different things. You know, the 51 winning in the truck series. It doesn't really matter who is driving it. It proves it because Brandon Jones won in it. But I, I would say that the 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 star of the day and somebody who hasn't been able to show how good he really is is another guy, Arco. You're talking about Arco when it comes to Chase Briscoe. Sheldon Creed with MDM won and had a very strong year, won on multiple different types of racetracks. 
Uh, it's a shame they went out of business because that was a good team, and now they've been spread along the some of the talent that's been Mark and Trust and everything. But he, I think, this race uh, on Sunday morning, hopefully when they go to Kentucky and as they go along these next uh, whatever, I think, 10 races or however many there is until the playoff, we'll uh, put a Sheldon Creed, put guys like Todd Gill and uh, give them momentum uh, to uh, to make a run at this uh, playoff. I mean, albeit expanded playoff to 10 drivers, uh, the loss of points for some of the guys like Matt Crafton will uh, fight a little bit. They might have to win. But, you know, really, uh, it, it it was definitely – you you had the uh, if you, you you wanted wild you had it on at, on Sunday at Pocono. I don't think there's ever been a truck race like that at uh, Pocono, and quite frankly, uh, it was a wild card. It really was. It was crazy, and a, and a lot of people were affected by points wise, as you said. But something I want to touch on quick, and, and then we'll get back to the race. And I forgot to touch on before we started this. And I just want to say, uh, Natalie Decker missed the race because of, um, I guess, complications for her gallbladder surgery she had uh, last year. And we just want to say our thoughts are are still with her. And um, with everything that's going on there, we never want to see anybody miss a race. No matter what you feel about how these people do on the the racetrack, they're still humans and we still want them to to have the utmost and uh, best health they can possibly have. So uh, our thoughts are with with her and, and hope she feels better soon uh but getting back to the race um man i I tell you spencer philip hit hit on it you know it was a race that had a lot of entertainment but there were certainly some guys who had some tough days but one guy that really stood stood out to you was uh to me at least was todd gilland and he really struggled last year there's no question that todd gilland um last year had some real tough runs at kyle bush motorsports you know, it was very well documented. Kyle came out and said, you know, these guys have to step up their game, et cetera, et cetera. He wasn't great the year before there, and uh, he was able to win at Martinsville, of course, and we all remember what happened uh, with the post-race chat. But, you know, he, he got a ride this year with Front Row Motorsports. Front Row has been a Cup Series team for a long time, but they, they dipped their toes into the Truck Series. And I went, oof, I'm not sure that was the greatest move by Todd Gilliland. You know, he's a guy who struggled at KBM, but – They've really, really run good here. And when you look at the points, he's fifth right now in the standings. He's sort of distancing himself now from a couple of these guys who, um, you know, have had some tough days. Matt Crafton, Ty Majeski, who a lot of people had making the playoffs this year in the, in the uh, Truck Series. Um, also, Rafael Assad's back there outside the playoffs. Stuart Friesen's outside the playoffs. And, and Goland is solidly in right now. Now, there's a lot that can happen from now until playoff time, but he's a guy to me, Spencer, who's really done well. Sheldon Creed as well. Two guys who have capitalized on on their opportunity this year um, and have put themselves in a really good spot to make these playoffs this year. Yeah, Todd has had a hell of a year. I mean, uh, you know, there's been times this year where he's battled with the lead for a little bit with Kyle and, you know, his front bumper's all over the ass into Kyle Bush, And um, you know, he's doing it in lesser equipment. So when Kyle looks in the rearview mirror and sees Todd all over his bumper, um, 
you know, he has to sit there and probably go, wow, you know, Todd is a hell of a driver. Um, you know, it, the team came out and said that they were going to do this. I thought they weren't going to be too bad. Um, you know, we did a show on it. We didn't, we didn't think they were going to be great. We thought they were going to be decent, um, could possibly make the playoffs. But, you know, he's finished 16th, 7th, 37th at Charlotte because he crashed, 4th, 6th, and 4th. Um, you take away Daytona and his crash at Charlotte, you know, he's finished inside the top 10 every race. Um, you know, I know they got funding and help from DGR Crosley, which is not a bad team. Tyler Ancom got a win there at Kentucky, I believe it was, last year. So um, they got good equipment. You know, their ARCA stuff isn't too bad. But Todd, you know, he's aggressive, you know. I mean, we saw him at Daytona, me and you played, and we were sitting up in the grandstand. He was aggressive, uh, making wild moves, um, mm-hmm. you know, really put really putting his truck in contention to win. And you have to be aggressive. I mean, the truck series – is uh, a series where everybody it's a more of an equal playing field. I feel like, you know, I always say this, you know, you got the lower guys, you know, and lesser equipment running with the top equipment. Um, and that's why I like the truck series, but Todd's done a hell of a job. You have to, you know, you have to give him a round of applause for what he's done so far. And he's fifth. I mean, he gets a, you know, I, the way he's running now, I could say he can get a win. Um, yeah. You know, he just has to kind of finish off these races a little bit, be a little bit more aggressive, maybe on restarts, um, he doesn't need to do a, much different than what he's doing now. Maybe just fix a few things and find himself in victory lane. So, um, you know, he keeps running and getting these fifth, you know, these sixth and fourth place finishes. You know, we could see him, you know, compete for a championship. We just don't know. A couple guys in front of him could wreck, have a bad weekend, and he can capitalize on that. So, hell of a job, the DGR front row, whatever you want to call it. Um, they're doing, you know, they're doing things right. For sure. And uh, again, you mentioned earlier, Philip, about Matt Crafton. Uh, some issues, but I'm going to ask you this question. I know it's sort of off, you know, um, off the cuff here, and and I'm putting you on a spot. But right now, you talked about they expanded the Truck Series playoffs, which was idiotic. But let me just say this: there's a, a couple of drivers, there's about five or six drivers who we all assumed would make the playoffs that are outside. Uh, Derek Krause, who is pretty, you know, had a lot of success in the West Series. Stuart Friesen, we know him for the last couple of years in trucks. Tanner Gray. Mac Crafton, the defending champion, Rafael Lassard in the KBM stuff, and then Tomajewski in Nice Motorsports. Um, those are the guys that are really, I think a lot of people thought would be in the playoff hunt, you know, come, come playoff time. Of those guys, Philip, of the guys I just mentioned, Kraus, Friesen, Gray, Crafton, Lassard, and Majewski, is there one guy that stands out to you that you're most concerned about about missing these playoffs, and who is that guy? I mean, concer- most concerned about. I mean, Kraus is a rookie with a brand new team, and if they miss the playoffs, I think funding is there to where he'll be okay uh, with Bill McAnally and whoever the other guy is that they have as the owner. I think they'll be okay uh, long term for next year. Uh, I think Tanner Gray has the Ford deal and all that. It's Crafton. He hasn't won in forever, and yes. He did win the championship last year. But, I mean, when you think about what Crafton has done over his career and his greatness as a truck series driver, they haven't been able to win. The um, the Thor Sport team has not been able to win a lot of races in, in, uh, in general. And they have four trucks. 
and they're maybe they're spreading themselves too thin when you look at their resources or they're spreading themselves too thin in terms of who they have driving. And Finger, of course, is winning. He won two races, used strategy and some fortune at Atlanta for the second win. And we're going on the ARCA team. Every time I talk about somebody, it seems to have something to do with ARCA and doing well there. But then Finger's another one. But, and Rhodes is up in second in points, but, you know, it's been Rhodes. Uh, you have to wonder, Will, Crafton lost a lot of points because they're getting full fields, 40 trucks. You, When you finish dead last in a race, you're losing so many points. It's it's hard to imagine unless him and Junior Joyner win a race, then, you know, we're we're back to – but I'm, I'm really concerned about Crafton because he's a three-time truck series champion. What is he going to do? If he misses the playoffs, it looks bad. It's like when Earnhardt and Jesse missed the playoffs in 2005 and they went and changed it after Tony missed the playoffs in 06. I think that's what it would look like if Matt Crafton misses the playoffs like we yeah. the championship. Yeah, and that's a good, fair point that he doesn't want to race in a while. He's starting to get up there, and not to you know, say he's too old to do this, but he's starting to get to, you know, he's in, in his 40s, going against a lot of drivers who are kids and, you know, so there's more years behind him than there are in front of him, for sure. And that, that's something, too. But uh, how about you, Spencer? I'll, I'll toss it up to you as well. Um, of the guys, Kraus, Friesen, Gray, Crafton, Lassard, Majeski, who are you most concerned about as far as missing these playoffs are concerned? Um, who stands out to you and you say, oh, man, they better pick it up and, and really start to run good here in these next couple of weeks or they're going to miss the playoffs? What are your thoughts? Well, a lot of them guys, you know, you mentioned the um, you know, a few KBM trucks, Kraus, they're rookies. And that 19 truck, has, you know, hasn't been that bad. Um, I thought, you know, the truck has looked fast. Um, you know, they have NAP on board, so they have good sponsorship. Um, so I would assume good, you know, good resources and money coming in with NAPA being on the hood and Enos um, uh, is over there at that team too. I would say Majeski, just because, what that truck was able to do last year. And I know it's two totally different drivers, but Majeski's not an awful, awful driver. I mean, I think last year he won three or four ARCA races in a row. Um, you know, he's been around long enough to where you think he would know how to run a truck. Um, I mean, Ross took that thing to, you know, I don't know if I think it was four, took away once or three, you know, in the books. And running up front, I mean, all year. I mean, dominated the truck series last year, basically. Um, and now Majesty gets in it, and it's kind of, yeah, around, you know, where he's been running. not Nowhere near where Ross was. Um, so when you have a truck that is that fast the year before, a driver gets in it, and it's slower. You're not seeing the results that it was before. Um you know, I know a, a, a good driver can make the truck faster. You know where to run the track, how to run the track a little bit better. But like I said, Maj- Majeski knows how to run these tracks. I mean, he ran them at ARCA. He's ran at Charlotte before, won Charlotte ARCA race. So he knows, obviously, how to win. Um, and the trucks, you know, it's not like he went from ARCA to Cup. He went from ARCA right. to trucks. So you would think mm-hmm. he would know, you know what I'm saying, you know, what kind of to do and good equipment, decent equipment. Um, right. And it's the results just haven't been there, so that's pretty alarming if you're a Ty Majeski fan. 
Um, you know, I like Nice Motorsports just because Ross is over there, and it's not a bad team. So I would, you know, he definitely needs to run a little bit better. Um, and he had a good run going at Pocono, but, um, you know, somebody tapped him. I don't really remember and ended his day. So um, unfortunate for him, but he definitely needs to pick it up. Yeah, they just had some rotten luck, I feel like. You know, remember this still six races into this year, crash at Pocono, crash at Daytona. In uh, Atlanta, they had some issues as well. So they've had some rotten luck this year on that uh, 45 team. So if they could turn it around. Um, but, again, that's a team I, I definitely think could be a team that when you look at it, you say uh, they they be definitely somebody that would be concerned to make these playoffs. Um, I'm just worried about Tanner Gray. You know, he's never really been uh, a guy who he's – a, he's a young driver who doesn't really have a lot of, ton of experience. And uh, we'll see if he can make the playoffs. But – I want to thank everybody for listening to Zalkian Circles tonight. Um, we will uh, get to uh, Indianapolis here later in the week. Um, so I will either I will bring that up or we'll do another show on it. But um, I want to thank everybody for listening to Talking in Circles, and we'll see you next time. Good night, everybody.